Hello my lovelies and welcome back to another episode of Primed for Crime. I am your host Liv and I'm very excited to have you here and hope you enjoy today's case. Now today's case is about a woman named Maura Murray who was a nursing student and in February 2004 Maura crashed her car then unexplainably vanished and hasn't been seen since. Before we get into the case, I just want to state that everything I talk about today is just information I have found online and I mean no disrespect to anybody involved or mentioned. And today's episode does include mention of suicide and very briefly mentions sexual misconduct. So if this is something that you're not comfortable listening to at the moment, then please feel free to click out of this podcast. So, let's begin. This is the disappearance of Maura Murray. On the 9th of February 2004, the police in Haverville, New Hampshire receive a call at 7.27pm from a woman named Faith Westman. Now Faith reports a car accident on Route 112 and she claims that a black Saturn appeared to be stuck in a ditch near her home. Now the dispatcher took note of this, said thanks and all that, and sent an officer straight out to the scene. But just a short while later, at 7.42pm, they receive another call about the same accident, but this time from a bus driver called Butch Atwood. Now, Butch reported that the driver was actually a young woman, and he said that she looked unharmed, she looked okay, but she appeared to be a little bit shaken up, which, as you would be if you had just crashed your car. Butch then went on to say that he had offered to call the police at the scene, but the woman said that she'd already called roadside assistance. But he still decided to call the police anyways once he had gotten home, which was only about 100 yards away. The first responding officer arrived at the scene at 7.46pm, which was just four minutes after Butch's call. However, the young woman was nowhere to be found. After an initial search at the surrounding area, authorities found that the missing woman was 21-year-old Maura Murray. Now, Maura was a nursing student at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, and earlier that day she had left her campus without telling anybody that she was going to New Hampshire. And after the crash that evening in Haverhill, she was never seen again. Mara Murray was born on the 4th of May 1982 in Brockton, Massachusetts and was raised in the nearby town of Hanson by her parents, Fred and Laurie Murray, who had separated when she was just six years old. Now, Mara also had four siblings and she was the youngest, so there was Fred Jr., Kathleen, Julie and Curtis. Now she was often described as an overachiever from being young and this continued into school where she was an honour student and a track athlete. And soon enough she was accepted into West Point although she ended up transferring to the University of Massachusetts to study nursing where she seemed to live a relatively normal life. However, there were a few issues that cropped up. 
For example, only three months before she vanished, Mara was actually arrested for using a stolen credit card number. However, this charge was supposed to be dismissed as long as she continued good behaviour for three months. And just four days before she went missing on the 5th of February, Mara had an emotional phone call to her sister Kathleen, who was struggling with addiction and facing problems with her fiancé. Now when this happened, Mara was at her campus security job and apparently was so upset by this phone call with Kathleen that she had to be taken back to her dorm. And her supervisor was obviously concerned and tried to speak to Mara about this, you know, trying to find out what was wrong. But all Mara could say was, my sister. And that was it. That's all that they could get off her. Now, on February 7th, two days before her disappearance, Mara's dad, Fred, drove to Amherst to see her and they went car shopping together, had something to eat before he went back to his motel. He then let Mara borrow his car so she could drive back to her dorm for a party that night. But on her way back in the early hours of the next morning, she actually crashed her dad's car into a guardrail. Now, the result was a pretty damaged car, but Mara was okay, she was unharmed, and Fred found out that his insurance would cover the cost of the repairs as long as Mara picked up the proper forms from the Registry of Motor Vehicles. So all in all, apart from being a bit upset over the accident, Mara was okay and she was fine when her dad took her back to her dorm room. But the next morning, on the 9th of February, Mara's actions would kind of say otherwise. For example, she emailed all of her professors to say that she would be taking the week off due to a death in the family. But it was later confirmed by her relatives that there wasn't a death. Um, so that seemed a little bit strange. I mean, I know sometimes people make silly excuses not going to lectures or school or whatever, but a death is, I mean, not something that people usually lie about. Um, she then also emailed her boyfriend, Bill, saying, quote, I love you more, stud. I got your messages, but honestly, I don't feel like talking to much of anyone. I promise to call today, though. Love you, Mara. End quote. She then called the owner of a condo in Bartlett, New Hampshire, which was a place that she had previously stayed with family. But she didn't book a room. She then went on to call a booking hotline for hotels in Stowe, Vermont, but like before, no booking was made. She then had also looked up directions to Burlington, Vermont, and, you know, it's it's unclear where she was actually planning on going. So at around 3.15pm on that same day, Mara drove to a cash machine and took out $280 before driving to a liquor store and buying $40 worth of alcohol, which included Baileys and wine. She also drove by the Registry of Motor Vehicles and picked up those forms that she needed for the earlier car accident. At 4.37pm, she then placed a call to her own voicemail and this would be the last time that she was recorded using her phone. Now, there's not a lot of information about her whereabouts between her, you know, going to the shops, running these errands in Amherst and her crash in Haverhill. 
you know, just that was only hours later. But what we do know about the crash is that it must have happened between 7 and 7.25 p.m. Because we know that Faith Westman called at 7.27 and Butch Atwood at 7.42 p.m. And then just a few minutes later at 7.46, Mara was nowhere to be found. When the first officer arrived on the scene, they found the damaged car, which was locked with the airbags deployed. And in the officer's report, it said, quote, Evidence at the scene indicated the vehicle had been eastbound and gone off the roadway, struck some trees, spun around and come to rest facing the wrong way in the eastbound lane. In plain sight behind the driver's seat of the vehicle, I could see a box of wine. I could also see red liquid on the driver's side door and ceiling of the car, end quote. He also then went on to discover a Coke bottle that, quote, contained a red liquid with a strong alcoholic odour, end quote. So it is possible that drink driving may have gone on, but I'll get to that in a bit. So he also found a printed MapQuest directions to Burlington, Vermont. Now, it is just strange though, like there was no obvious signs of foul play being involved and there was no idea of knowing if she had just walked away, but even if she did, somebody must have seen her. But there were some like woods nearby, so it's possible that maybe she'd gone into the woods you know, to maybe, I don't know, hide or something. I'm, I'm, I don't know. But one thing I will mention is there was snow on the ground. So they would have seen footprints in the snow. And there the were none. Like, there was no footprints walking into the woods. So at this point, like, they're just really not sure what to do. So this is when the officer spoke to Butch Atwood, the last known person to speak with Mara. And the officer basically asked him to help with the search and eventually a state trooper, there were firefighters, medical emergency services, they all arrived on the scene and just began searching the area for any signs of Mara. Now at the time of this first search, it's believed that nobody actually went east during the search, which is something that her dad Fred later criticised. He said, quote, I knew she was headed east, she was heading to Bartlett, she was up there um, as an infant. I remember changing her diapers in a tent up there for Christ's sake, end quote. And it would make sense for them to search that way because, you know, even in his report, he said, in the officer's report, he said that um, indicated the vehicle had been eastbound. So it would make sense to search in that area. But they didn't, which is very annoying. I'm annoyed for her dad. And um, also, Fred wasn't even notified about Mara being missing until 24 hours after the crash. They didn't even notify her dad until 24 hours later. I mean, I... God, it boggles my mind. It really does. But yeah, all of her phone records did indicate that she was considering renting the room in Bartlett... However, with the MapQuest directions in the car, this led the police to believe that she was actually driving towards Burlington, not Bartlett. But since she hadn't told anybody about her plans and left without making any confirmed reservations, it still remains unclear where she was actually going. 
Another theory that police believed was that Mara may have been trying to kill herself. In fact, just two days after her disappearance, the police put out a press release claiming that she was, quote, possibly suicidal, end quote. And this is something that her dad has strongly denied, saying, quote, she was in good spirits and had no worries or reason to run away from her life, end quote. But then, again, I mean, I suppose you never really know what goes through people's heads, you know, regardless of how they may look on the outside, you never know how they are feeling inside. And I think that's very important for people to understand. Um, You know, like Mara had been dealing with a lot, you know, from her legal issues with the credit cards to worrying about her sister, you know, crashing her dad's car. That would be a lot for anybody. Now, I'm not saying it is a fact she was suicidal, but like I said, you, you don't know what somebody is going through. You really can't talk for other people, I suppose. Now, a lot of her friends and family believed that she just simply wanted to get away from all of the drama just for a few days, which is understandable, I get it. However, there was some evidence that showed that she intended for her disappearance to be a permanent one. So, for example, a search was carried out in her dorm room where it was revealed that she had packed up most of her belongings into boxes before she left, and on top of one of these boxes was a printed email to her boyfriend that had details of her relationship problems. I'm not sure why the boxes were packed, but they were, so that's that's one thing. Now, another thing is inside her car there were some of her belongings, but there were some missing items, like her phone and her backpack, but we know that that phone was never used again, just like her bank cards, never used again. Now, some... Other items in her car included, you know, like her birth control pills, some tooth whitener, um, college textbooks, which let a lot of people believe that she wasn't intending to die that day, which makes sense. I mean, why would you bring stuff with you like that if you were planning on ending things? But then again, like I keep all sorts of random stuff in my car. Like I have got so much random crap in my car it is ridiculous um it's not even stuff that you know like sometimes I'll be like going through I'm like oh didn't know I had that like in my car I've got like um a cute little box and I keep all sorts of little bits like um I think I've got like a nail kit in there for some reason like with a nail file like somebody could look at that and be like oh well if she's brought a nail file with her you know like you you can't really say to be honest Now, there is another theory that started to emerge, and that was that Mara had simply just panicked after the crash, you know, especially after crashing her dad's car just a short while before. Um, So, yeah, she had panicked and just escaped the area to basically avoid getting into trouble, which, again, I guess it is understandable, especially considering the amount of alcohol found in that car and the Coke bottle, which was very likely filled with alcohol, possibly red wine. So it's believed that she had been drinking and fled because she didn't want to risk having it on her record, you know, with the whole good behaviour thing after the credit card fraud. Now, I'm not saying that obviously it was the right thing to do if that was the case. 
you shouldn't ever really run from stuff like that but put yourself in her shoes if I was her in that sort of situation it's very possible that I'd flee as well like I wouldn't but in her sort of circumstance with everything that's going on in her life she doesn't want to get in trouble so she probably did so like I said previously, the most likely place to hide and run to would have been that nearby wood. But it would have been freezing, staying out there, hiding, you know. It was snowing and there were no footprints again, which would suggest that she would have had to have gone on the road. Likely moving east, but as we know that area wasn't searched during the initial search. And this um, idea was further fuelled by a report from a man on that route later that night. Now, he said that he saw a young person moving eastbound on foot just a few miles from the scene of the accident around 8 and 8.30pm. But, and there is a but, this person didn't report this alleged sighting until months later because he was unsure of the exact date he had seen this person and it's still unclear whether this young person was actually Mara or not. So the question still stands. If Mara didn't commit suicide and didn't, well, succumb to the elements, I suppose, while she was maybe hiding out, then where is she and where has she gone? So it's been speculated that maybe Mara decided to just leave and start a new life for herself to escape her life of legal issues and drama in her personal life. And when I was reading this, it actually reminded me of the Branson, Brandon Swanson case that I covered just a little while back. Um, he too had crashed his car and was never seen again. And people believed that he might have run off to live another life. But I just don't buy it and neither did the police in Mara's case they think that this theory is highly unlikely and didn't happen so the only final thing that realistically could be is foul play um, more so that Mara was abducted even though there wasn't any sign of foul play at the scene this is something that her dad Fred still believes he thinks that she was, quote, taken by a local dirtbag, end quote. Um, but this upset a, quite a lot of locals. They didn't believe that a local would have taken her. And if she was in fact abducted, then it was probably just a random kidnapper that just so happened to be there at the same time as Mara, which, I mean, I know it does happen, but not very often. And I don't think that that's likely. However, if it was a local man, then many people believe that Butch Atwood could be to blame. And people basically just zeroed in on him. Like, after all, he was the last person to see Mara. Plus, the thing that really bugs me is why didn't he stay with her? Like, why did he just leave her on the side of the road? Like, surely, if you came across somebody who has just crashed their car as badly as Mara did then you would at least stay with them to make sure they were okay. I mean, yes, he only he lived like, what, 100 yards down the road. Um, 
you know, surely you'd offer to take her to safety. Like, I don't know if it's a busy road or not, but especially if it's snowing, you'd want to get her off the road, like tell her that she could maybe wait with you. You just wouldn't leave that person on their own. I mean, I definitely wouldn't. And another weird thing about Butch is that people noted um, that him and his wife actually moved to Florida shortly after her disappearance, which it could be a total coincidence, don't get me wrong, but I thought it was worth mentioning. So in the years since Mara went missing, there have been countless amateur sleuths looking into all of these idea and many more, including looking into Mara's boyfriend, Bill. Now, as it turns out, Bill had been accused of sexual misconduct against another woman, which led people to ask, did he have something to do with her disappearance? However, he was actually in Oklahoma at the time, so it wasn't possible. But then again, he could have something to do with it. Like, he could have planned something. Like, I am not saying that he for sure is involved, but just because you're not at the crime scene doesn't mean that you've not got anything to do with it. And we've seen this time and time again. So I am purely just mentioning it. So the last shocking theory led by sleuths implied that Fred might have been abusive towards her, which is perhaps why she ran away. But this is an accusation that loved ones have denied and there hasn't been any truth in this. But again, just thought it was worth the mention. So there's so many theories, but still no closer to finding out the truth about Mara. You know, all the leads that they have just run cold including efforts to recover remains near the scene, most recently in September 2021, when it was announced that human bone fragments had been recovered 25 miles away in the Loon Mountain area. However, in November that year, it was said that the remains were far older than Mara. And that does conclude today's case. It's really a case that gets you thinking. Like, there are so many possibilities. And I really can't imagine what her family and friends have gone through and probably are still going through. You know, every year is just another year without Mara in their lives. And they are relentlessly still searching for her. And. I really hope that someday they do get answers they deserve. You know, if there are any updates on this case, I will be sure to let you know. I mean, you never know, right? There are cases where people are found decades later, so I guess there is always hope. And I really do pray that we find Mara. So thank you very much for listening. It's very, very appreciated. If you would like some more true crime, then please head over to the Primed for Crime TikTok, where I post small snippets of cases and also have a serial killer series on at the moment. Um, Don't forget to like, follow, um, I was going to say subscribe, but we're not on YouTube. Um, Leave a review, a review is always nice. Um, You know, just all of that good stuff. And that is it for me now. I will see you in the next case. So yeah, see you later.